0: Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast, coming from California. Here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stopper.
1: Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Mando! <laughs> Joining me, Aaron Alvarado. Whew. Aaron, have you seen the finale of Mandalorian Season 2?
0: In fact, I have seen the the finale. Oh, you of, did! Oh, good, I, good, good. Yeah, because we're going to talk I, spoilers. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I actually thought about not watching it and then having you f- spoil it for me, but I, the last minute, I changed my mind. I actually watched it like five minutes ago. So, <laughs> did I'm you well really up want it? To no, 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 no. I watched it when it came out. I would I love to. it.
1: I would love it if you told me you watched it. You didn't watch it, <laughs> and you just tried to go through this podcast pretending. Like you had also seen it and just like agreeing well, with me and yeah. like, yeah,
0: <laughs> that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't oh believe when that. Happened. That was insane. But to, to Favreau and uh Peyton Reed's credit, you, I don't think you could predict what happened in this final episode. Um They went against, against the grain no. multiple times.
1: No. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a finale. You expect big things to happen. Um I'll tell you, I, was it spoiled for you before you watched it?
0: No, I had okay. no idea what to expect, and uh, I avoided all, um, inter- all social media. Oh, you did. Well, I've been banned from most social media. Um, oh, that, yeah. I was gonna say, like, it helps election, to. This
1: is so. the one, the one situation where it helps to be deplatformed. Like Alex Jones, it's probably great for him because nothing gets spoiled.
0: <laughs> Funny enough, there was no spoilers on Parlor, so I was safe. <laughs> I didn't see any of it.
1: The only thing that got spoiled on Parlor was the election. Oh, um, so I'm not going oh, to get political. But uh, <laughs> although we should talk about the politics of the New Republic in Mandalorian at some point, I don't think they're doing a great job of holding it down, if we're being no. honest. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of problematic, they've got nothing but problems there. Uh, yeah. Not great. Um, so, yeah. I know I keep saying this, but once again, Spoilers. Anyone listening to this who Heavy has not spoilers. seen the finale, yeah. many spoilers, we're going to go right into this. Okay. So, I want to I want to talk through the experience of watching this Aaron um and then as a recap also of the episode. We'll go through the events. I want to talk about my experience watching it as it unfolded, especially the back half of this episode. And then I want to talk about the implications, the general reaction overall and several little things about it. So there's 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 going to be lots to discuss. But uh, I will say, going in, you know, I expected obviously something big and splashy to happen with the finale. Obviously, with uh, Baby Yoda, two episodes prior, did a little beam of light. We knew that he sent out the the signal to a Jedi, and it would have been kind of anticlimactic if no one responded. So, right. the question was was who could respond in the world of you know very few Jedi, and w- we already saw one with Ahsoka, who is technically she left the Jedi Order. And didn't actually become a Jedi Knight, but for all intents and purposes, she counts. But it's not going to be her. If she had showed up, that would be kind of like anticlimactic because we already kind of had a big moment with her. Mm-hmm. So who is left? I mean, I was hoping for
0: Qui-Gon Jinn.
1: Could you imagine?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> you left me for dead. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, they brought back Darth Maul and solo I mean yep. they keep bringing people back so Boba Fett was in a Sarlacc pit. okay he's back wouldn't oh, have been the back craziest with vengeance. thing wouldn't have been the craziest thing no. um, so we'll get to the big reveal obviously we've already given the spoiler uh, warning so I don't know why I'm avoiding it but I, I will say while I knew that this was a possibility what happened I never actually in a million years thought that it would happen in this episode just wasn't like like yeah I, I truly was surprised, um, but yeah, I expected something, so let me just walk you back to the beginning of Friday when it aired. I, I, I actually was up later Thursday night than I wanted to be. Um, I was trying. I wanted to go to bed early. I didn't, and right when I was going to bed, it was like 11.55, and I'm like, okay, I'll wait five minutes and just, I'll start the, the episode, and I did. I watched the first 10 minutes, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'll... I'll I'll watch the rest tomorrow.
0: I'll dream about it, and then I'll, I'll see dream the actual about episode.
1: <laughs> 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 and so, so I wake up. I, I just have an, an enormous number of text messages. So many that I'm like, oh, this, I'm not reading. the. I'm not reading any of these. I, I know that this must be related to Mandalorian, and I don't even want anyone to, like, hint at what this, you know. If there's some big event that happens, I want to be totally surprised. I don't even want. Um, you, anyone referencing what happens?
0: You know, what would be funny is all, all. Those text messages were like your coworkers, and it was not regarding it
1: was not about or, Star or, or family whatsoever. emergency, right? It's like <laughs> mom's in the hospital. You know, I'm like not gonna read them. <laughs> I watched Mandalorian first. Like we've been calling you. Like what were you doing? I was I like watching the, the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like the uh, the premise there or the conceit there that uh, your family would text you and not call you if there's an emergency. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, what's funny is I did have missed calls as well.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, no, I had a plethora of notifications. And I'm (laughs) like, nope. What's funny is it did cross my mind. I was like, this could, there literally could be an emergency.
0: Um, Well, I I don't know if you saw, but I sent you an AOL instant message about the episode.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I log in only once a week on my AIM, so.
0: (laughs) Well, I got your away message. It was uh, lyrics to a starting line song. So, that was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) say it like you mean it. Um, (laughs) So, so I wasn't planning on watching the rest of the episode before work. You know, I was going to watch it at some point that day. But, you know, I knew I couldn't avoid, totally avoid the internet or the conversations that would be happening in text messages. So I got up early enough that I was like, okay, let's finish the episode. And and um, yeah, so I've t- I'm just going to fast forward to the reveal. Uh, I, I'm still flabbergasted by it all. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about how much of an emotional response I had. You should be. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, the, the level of vulnerability is, quite frankly, embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so, OK, we get to the end of this, uh, towards the end of this episode, when the climactic moment's about to happen. We have the, the uh, dark troopers. Who had been established earlier in the episode as being quite formidable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if not inefficient with their warm-up time. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 boot sequence was yeah, a, a it was a doozy. <laughs> I love that little touch of like, yeah, they're so powerful that it takes a few minutes actually mm-hmm. to get them up and running. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, we have this whole army of these dark troopers knocking on the door of the, you know, the, I don't know, whatever it was, the deck of the Mm -hmm. uh, Imperial Cruiser or whatever. And obviously an ominous moment. You're waiting for something to happen. Who's going to come save the day? And then we see a single X-Wing. And Cara Dune remarks, oh, great, one X-Wing, you know, we're saved. And my first thought, I kid you not, and I've been railing about this all season long, is how tired I am of seeing Dave Filoni cast himself as an X-Wing fighter pilot in every scene that has one. So (laughs) he did it in season one, okay, as a cameo. And I thought that was cute. That was fun. Hey, look, if I was a writer on Star Wars, I would put myself in as an X-Wing pilot too. I I can't knock him for, you know, it would be a dream to do that, right? I would would
0: go Y-Wing. Oh, yeah. I was going to
1: say, honestly, if I I had my choice, I'm in that A-Wing. I'm in that A-Wing for days. Yeah, Yeah, that but. Still, I get it. I would do the same thing. I'm not knocking him. Okay. Do the cameo. You got it. You got it out of your system. You're done. And then it was like, oh, no, he's he did it twice and then three times. And now we've seen him four times as an X-Wing <laughs> fighter, which, again, I've said this in past pods, like how many X-Wing fighter pilots does the New Republic have? Because it looks like they have three. Okay. <laughs> and one of them is Dave Filoni. And so That's when I the see the X-Wing. Program. <laughs> I know i see the single x-wing i was like gosh dang it dave filoni you're really gonna do this (laughs) who's gonna come to save the day it's gonna be you you're gonna come flying like i I was actually a little bit upset i was like i can't believe he's gonna do this and then uh you know they 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 see in the little security monitor it comes you know the the x-wing comes in flies in uh to the like whatever launch dock space i'm I'm forgetting what everything is called right now on a ship. Um, obviously, my knowledge of imperial cruisers and just basic <laughs> ship <laughs> sections—I'm struggling. But anyway, it comes, it flies into the ship, and uh, I'm looking at it, and it looks like looks like Luke's X-wing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's got a little shimmer to it, and it, that's the first moment I was like, kind of looks like Luke's X-wing, but there's no way, there's no way that they, they wouldn't do Luke. that. There's no way these are separate things. There's just no way. There's a lot of baggage with the Luke, okay? There's just no way. And then you see the ears come up on Baby Yoda. And I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. Then you see the hooded figure and the little security footage and little cameras. I was like, no, no, I'm still not believing it. And then it cuts to the green lightsaber, and then you see the gloved hand. And I'm I'm my my te- my eyes are welling up, Aaron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm embarrassed. Lindsay's in the <laughs> Lindsay's in the in the other room, still sleeping. I'm embarrassed because I'm like I can't one. I should not be emotional about this. And two, like I don't want to wake her with these emotions.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna wake her with my sobbing again.
1: Again, <laughs> I, I told her I,
0: it would never happen again. <laughs>
1: Uh, are you watching parenthood again um (laughs) no i um yeah i i it was i will say i've never cried in star wars as much of a fan as i am of it it's i don't have That's just not my typical emotional response not that i'm not a crier at all well they don't really
0: go for that typically
1: and it's not really yeah i mean they'll have some sentimentality but it's not really a pull tug on the heartstrings in that way but I had this like immediate emotional response. And I don't know if it's like I just woke up and my like body was still kind of like, I don't know, like the dark troopers. I was still booting up, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like vulnerable or something. I don't know your, what Your it defenses
0: was. <laughs> weren't fully <laughs> yeah, charged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I had this really. Yeah, I, I, my tears were, Yeah, my yeah. My eyes were welling up with tears. And uh, I was just I'm watching this him go to town on these dark troopers. Right. I'm watching him use the force, throwing these guys around. He gets in the elevator. It, door opens. He's just thrashing fools. And I'm like, I, I, like deep down, of course, like so many people, you know, have wanted, you know, seeing Luke in his prime as a Jedi Knight, right? Shortly after, you know, this takes place within five years after Return of the Jedi, seeing Luke in his prime, seeing him just go crazy. At this point, you know, all we've seen of Luke, of course, is, you know, he was a Jedi knight-ish in Return of the Jedi. We see a little bit of that at Jabba's palace sequence at the beginning of that film. And then we see him have a saber fight with his father. And that's essentially as much as we get of Luke just barely entering his prime. And then we don't see him again, of course, until he's well into his retirement in The Last Jedi. So seeing him do this, like, yeah, deep down, it was something I really wanted to see. And I was at peace with not having seen it. I never thought I would see it. And I think I just really suppressed that or something because I had this instant emotional response, and I just like couldn't believe uh, that I had it. And then, yeah, he enters um, the room with the heroes, takes the hood off. That's that's Luke from uh, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man, I, I like it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they did it. I really couldn't. They brought yeah, Luke that Skywalker was- in.
0: That was, I again, I mean, I don't have the connection to Star Wars that you do, and a lot of people do, but that moment when he has the, the face reveal, that was like a, a jaw-dropping moment, even for me, like a casual fan. So, yeah. I mean, when you talk about the emotional connection that you have to the series itself, obviously, like, this is a moment, this is basically like your favorite team winning the sports championship. Like, That's you, right. You... you this is the moment that you've been waiting. You've been dreaming about your entire life since you, like you said, we never really get to see Luke in his prime. Um, so it's been all in our heads. Um, and now here we are, we get the, we get the final moment and the payoff is so sweet that, that moment from when he steps off of his, out of his, uh, X wing and he is just wrecking shop all the way to the deck of the, 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 the spaceship or whatever the hell it's called. Um, He's he's never looked cooler. There's maybe never been a cooler scene or any sequence in any Star Wars movie, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, that was like the pinnacle of the whole point of why we watch these movies is like you want to see the um, the the space samurai, and that's what he was. He was a shogun. He was. Using all of his uh, all of his training, the the stuff that he was doing on those incredibly powerful like first of all we have to go. I just want to touch on um, mm-hmm. how well <clears throat> they this episode um, crafted these um, dark troopers. Uh, uh, yeah. we, we <clears throat> early on, we're introduced to them in this episode, and um, we see Mando gets in like basically a life or death fight with one, just one. Um almost gets the best of him and he almost he's almost killed by this thing um, and he basically gets lucky and and um kills the one and he mm-hmm. gets away from it um but he's like it it pushed him to the brink he's obviously never been challenged like that before. so we get that lead up um to this moment where luke is um just he's fighting an entire battalion by himself and and that is like that's, that's what we we've always dreamed about in our heads like this is um, the greatest Jedi that we've ever seen um, using his full powers at his uh, at his peak. And so it's, it's, seriously, like for me, that's the coolest moment of, the ser- of any series, of any movie, um, anything Star Wars related that I've ever seen. And, and I was just like over the moon. So I can't even imagine what someone that has a real connection to the series uh, felt like. So I think it's totally, totally understandable to have some sort of, you know, emotional um reaction to it because it's like like I said, it's it's like if your team won the championship. Like you yeah. finally you re you reach the pinnacle, you reach the mountaintop. Like there's gonna be a release of uh of emotion. And I think it was so warranted and it was so well earned that uh um it, it just felt so gratifying even for me as someone that's detached. So yeah. I just, just an it's- amazing, amazing moment overall.
1: I mean there's years of reading the uh, what's now considered the legacy novels so the expanded <clears throat> universe, formerly known as the expanded universe novels, where you read about what happens after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, about Luke having a, some sort of Jedi Academy, about all these different missions and things that they're doing. Um, you know, as a little kid, you play with the little action figures yep. of like Luke from Return of the Jedi, and you're imagining what he would do with the Force that he would just be able to like, you know just send enemies with just a wave of the hand to be able to just wreck armies, you know? And all of those lived out in the fantasies of action figures or in the expanded universe of novels or maybe in video games, you know? Exactly. But never really on screen. Um, now, to be clear, and I maybe we'll talk more at length about this in just a bit, like, this is not a re- repudiation of The Last Jedi, to be to be clear. The Last Jedi... Unfortunately not. It's, it's not, no. Last Jedi <laughs> is a masterpiece. Now, it's an, look, it's an imperfect film. But... But the we're not, we weren't going to get peak Luke Skywalker at that age, you know, it, at that point in his I, I really, really, really love the he was in retirement. He was long past his prime. And it was, you know, one last hurrah for him to come and save the day and help his friends. But that last result, hurrah in The Last Jedi is still like a projection of him. And and like and, you know, and it's we do not get the, the you know, the battlefield Luke, no. you know, the on the mission Luke. <laughs> that's just in full action mode. It just wasn't going to happen. And even though I love that choice by Ryan Johnson, and I wouldn't change any of that, um, at least the stuff with Luke, I would not change any of that in the Last Jedi. It still just meant you know we were never going to see on screen Luke in his prime again. I was I had thought I was at peace with that. I, I was fine with it. It was it it was it is what it is, right? It was what it was. I should say. <laughs> and so seeing him wreck fools, and then the, he puts his hand out in that one scene, yep. and just. Crunches mm-hmm. the the dark trooper to your point that we they so had established satisfying. was yeah. so powerful that was literally pounding the Mandalorian's helmet in his head you know thank goodness for Beskar by the way got to give me some of that but he's just <laughs> wrecking Mando you know these things are so powerful and he just he just clenches his fist and the thing is crumpling like I mean it's just yeah is it fan service yes. But it's to an extreme. It is 100% fan service. But it's also mm-hmm. fan service with purpose. It's not fan service for, you know. It's not Rogue One. I love the movie. But it's not Rogue One bumping into uh, the butt face dude on Jeddah from exactly. the, you know, from Moss Eisley, you know, yes, where you're like, yeah. they bump into it, It's like, oh, look, the characters from <laughs> previous movies. As you know, I recognize him. <laughs> didn't, you know, nah, no point to the story whatsoever, right. you know. Like, this is fan service, yes. But it was with with purpose. Um. And I don't think at all it was some sort of statement of like, you know, because the last, you know, this was uh, in spite of The Last Jedi, even though Rise of Skywalker took that approach of trying to, you know, be a direct repudiation of The Last Mm -hmm. Jedi. This was not that. This showed us a moment that I never thought we would ever see on screen. Um, And if someone told me that it'd be in a TV show, you know, say five years ago, I was like, I'd be like, huh? What? You know, that wouldn't seem satisfying.
0: Yeah. And to your point. There's a reason we would never expect to see that, especially in his prime, because uh, the actor Mark Hamill yes. is now considerably older than he was in, in the um, 80s right. when uh, they were the you know when he was at his physical prime. So, um, and and we that's you know in this in this episode we do get a de aged um, ish,
1: yeah, Mark Hamill, yeah, yes, I yeah we got, we got to talk about that. <laughs> 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 uh, I, to put a button on my previous point though before I jump into that because I got a lot to say about that sure I hope this is it for Luke Skywalker we do not need to see him again in live action now not to say that there's it, there can't be some great reason to do it and it and it's wonderful and it works great or whatever you know like I'm I'm open to that if it's the right story but like if it were up to me that's I have all that I need I really do I think it's great yeah
0: I, I don't think they're they're going to go back to it again. I think that was I would hope basically not. the perfect application of that technology and that moment and that yes. all the goodwill that was um, pent up. Oh. Um,
1: yeah, earned, was. I should say
0: earned because yeah. it was earned um, through two full seasons of
1: a great TV show. Yeah, and, and they, years they, of waiting they, since Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi to see something like there this, you go. right? Exactly. And it was, ex- yeah, just, there's so many factors that were in it, like, that made this so great. And it was executed so well. Um, with maybe the lone exception of, of CGI, which is what we're <laughs> going to talk about, right? When he takes the hood off, the, that initial look of, it was, I thought, looked incredible. It was clearly Return of the Jedi era Luke. Spooky. It was spooky. It was really, it wasn't, for me, it was not actually the uncanny valley, as people call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, I I just think that it looked marvelous. And the scene unfolded. I'm still in disbelief of what I'm looking at. Now, as he carries on a conversation, which I will say, I'm curious, I can't wait to find out how they did the audio. Clearly, some of those words and lines were from uh, audio from the original trilogy that they reworked and spliced in. Some of them were some of those uh, phrases were definitely new. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I'm, they're supposed to do a whole behind the scenes, I think, uh, on Disney Plus of like the making of that episode and as mm-hmm. well as I think maybe season two in its entirety. I know John Favreau is supposed to go on Good Morning America tomorrow for, as a victory lap <laughs> and he deserves it. <laughs> um, and so maybe he'll talk more in details about how they brought Luke Skywalker back to life, Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious how they do that. But he wasn't quite emoting. Uh, like a human being emotes. And yeah, it was stoic and you could say Jedi, maybe he's not. But it just wasn't quite as it, like some of those lines, it was like not quite that. And that never really took me out of it personally. I was never like bothered by it. The moment was so well executed and so powerful that it was all great. Not to mention, by the way, Grogu and his moment with Mandalorian, the taking off of the helmet. Uh, I mean, for me, I was very emotional at that point uh, just because, you know. That was, you know, the Luke stuff already started to, starting to, the cracks were already there. Um, and so uh, all of that stuff worked wonderfully, you know, letting him go. And then R2 comes in, which, you know, <laughs> of course he does. But I hadn't even stopped to consider the fact that I was going to see R2. And it was just all of that was really, really great. Um, but upon rewatch of the scene, multiple, multiple rewatches for me. Uh, it's just clear that we're not quite there yet on the CGI face stuff. What was your reaction to it? Did it work well enough? I mean, so it, I would say that
0: it does work well enough um, because I have the understanding that it's, this is just a TV show. I know it's like the premier TV show for this entire platform in Disney+, Plus, but it's still just TV um the amount of simply the amount of money that goes into actually perfecting a shot like that let alone time and and effort and all these other factors that there's a reason that they only do that stuff with feature length films because it's so freaking expensive and so difficult to pull off um with all those considerations in mind i think it was it worked fine like it's it's not perfect it's not ideal and i would i would say that it doesn't even look that good um except for that like you said i'll totally agree with you that opening shot when is the hood comes up like that's that's great that moment right there that first moment when you see his young face um is amazing like that's such a payoff on top of the already payoff but once he starts speaking and once they're trying to have him deliver lines of dialogue and react to the other characters it's it falls flat and it feels like it feels like computer-generated ai written um some sort of algorithm that does not quite work. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like the deep fake level of stuff where it's like you can kind of see how it's off a little bit. Um, it's something completely different and maybe worse, I would say. Um, worse than so, deep fake? Yeah, or, I think yeah. I've seen, I've definitely seen, ha, have seen better deep fakes <laughs> than what we saw um, the, yeah. the actual Mark Hamill.
1: was is, um, is it better yeah. than Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One? Ooh, that's or, a good
0: question. Or Rise
1: of Skywalker, right? I guess we this isn't yeah. the first time seeing a de-aged Luke. We did get a little bit of it in the flashbacks in Rise of Skywalker. Now, they were wearing helmets they their training, and so yeah. it wasn't quite the same level of difficulty. They didn't have to read dialogue, but... Yeah, for you, was it? Is do you see progress in this technology?
0: I think there is progress. I think you know it's been a handful of years, even since the the first time it's been tried. And of course, we saw even like a movie Tron, the second Tron movie. Um, they did a bunch of de aging, and if you go back and watch that, stuff, it's silly how bad it looks now. Oh yeah, Jack Bridges. Yeah, yeah. I know, and we're what maybe ten years out from that. I think yeah, something when like that. That movie yep. came out. So obviously, things have progressed incredibly quickly. Um, but it's still not there yet. And uh, it takes you out, and which is really hard because you have that amazing, perfect, I would say perfect moment for this series, this franchise. That is a perfect moment of Luke coming out of his X-Wing and just destroying all those uh, dark troopers. That's a perfect moment. Like you, I don't know how you can get a more um, satisfying moment than that, than that sequence. So to then follow up with uh, this really kind of... Um, Almost feels half baked. Uh, it feels flawed. Is really what it is. It's like you're you're following up this peak moment, and it's like immediately you fall into this valley of um, oh, that's not good. That that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but so you- they they did make the effort, and um, it works well enough for what it is. Uh, I personally would have made some other choices. And than, I want to know what those that, are. So so if you were yeah.
1: Peyton Reed or Fab, you know I, I, you know, I don't know how limited he was in deciding sure. how those shots were framed. I got to imagine there were a lot of people involved in figuring out how to make this work. And so he was probably limited in the shots. Like uh, like if he wanted to be like, hey, let's only show the face when he does the hood reveal and the rest of it. We shoot from the side and the back of his head. I'm yeah. curious for you, what is the if you had the, the say in, in composing those shots? Yeah. Knowing well, what works and what doesn't, what would you do
0: for me? Because I don't, so I prefer. Obviously, I prefer real effects. I know everything is says is augmented by digital effects at this point. Literally everything is augmented, uh, but I love practical effects. Always have. So what I would have chosen, just my just my two cents, is give me an actor that looks like young Mark Hamill and give him prosthetics. Give him as much as much <sighs> as it takes to make him look like. The, the peak young Mark Hamill, because we know there are people out there. We know there are actors that look like him. Maybe not exactly. Um, and these of this, people are of this, the background Sebastian actors. part of Sebastian Stan
1: hive. Is that what you're going to do to me right now? Everyone's <laughs> talking about Sebastian Stan. And honestly, I, I don't know. I look up the photos and I'm like, the only thing, Sebastian Stan, by the way, Winter Soldier in the Marvel yes. movies, for those that I don't know. That's the only true. thing I really see in common between him and, and Luke Skywalker or Mark Hamill is they both have robotic hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel, I don't know, man. I don't know if all the, all the prosthetics in the world aren't going to get Sebastian Stan to Mark camp. Yeah. You know, I you don't get cool, close thing. ish, but yeah. it's still, I don't it's know cool. for me. I, I still feel the, like, not quite there maybe sure. for different reasons than CGI, at least that you would look human. Yes. That would be better, but I don't that's, know if I'd still be like irked a little bit like, uh, but you would have done prosthetics on a person I don't person.
0: yeah so I don't mind that, that suspending the disbelief on that moment mm. in that moment because we're of where we are and the limitations that we have and there's just no better way to do it yeah um and to me that's kind of kitschy and it's kind of a throwback to like past the past sci-fi where you know you had bad body doubles star trek famously had um very bad stunt doubles and uh anytime um captain kirk was in like a fight you could totally see when he was throwing a punch it was somebody else like so for me if you have an actor that looks like close enough maybe not sebastian stan but give me an actor that looks like Looks like young uh, Mark Hamill, and I would have, I would have loved it. I would have eaten it up. Yeah. As long as you realize, like, this is obviously not him, um, but what can we do?
1: What so, can we do? That's the route I would have taken. So you wouldn't have done the like actually cast Mark Hamilton and do the Irishman uh, technique. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I would have passed on
1: that one, but uh,
0: <laughs> would have been fun to would have been fun to uh, watch. I think.
1: <laughs> I, I am curious how different or similar those technologies are. You know the what, they, what sure. ILM has used. Maybe it's a variation of the same thing. I, I don't know, but like, yeah. I mean, what did they do on the Irish? I know there's like a three camera rig that they did, and they had three different ages that they had to have Pesci and you know De Niro at uh, and Pacino. Uh, I wonder Can if you, they. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they considered all these different things, and, and cost had to be Guarantee a, you a factor. They did. But yeah, um, but none of them are perfect solutions. No, um, that's you know, the key. I'll tell you, for a moment, and I wasn't really thinking through logically, but for a moment when he's, you know, in the halls just wrecking the Dark Troopers, I was thinking, we're actually not going to see his face. I thought he would just destroy all the Dark Troopers, get back in his X-Wing and fly out. Like, like you know, he saw the the, the beacon being sent out a couple, episodes, uh, yep. a couple episodes ago from Baby Yoda. He knows that they're in distress. He shows up. He, you know, maybe he he senses it across the galaxy that there was trouble because there was a connection opened. He comes over, helps people out. We never see him take the hood off, gets in the X Wing, flies away, and that's it. They knew it was a Jedi, and we know who it is. They don't know. Sure. They just know it's a Jedi. But we know. And we so could I was still thinking they were gonna they were gonna do that. Yeah. Now of course it makes Uh, It makes sense that he would come and get Baby Yoda and take him to the training academy. That obviously makes sense story-wise, and I'm glad they did that. But when he goes up to try to open the door, you know, and Mando's like, open the door. And they're like, no, are you kidding me? And I'm like, open the door. Dang it. Like, (laughs) I'm sitting on my couch being like, you better open the door. Open that door. Let him in. (laughs) So
0: my question is, in that moment, why were they saying, don't let him in? Obviously.
1: So the the, the Mandalorians view the Jedi as, as enemies. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so they refer to them as like enemy sorcerers. So they've been at odds for years. They God. do not like the Jedi. And they, they've talked about that a few different times this season, which is, again, brilliant because they're building up to the moment of, you know, understanding that for them, like, even though he's helping them in that moment, obviously, they still are not Mandalorians are not do not view the Jedi as friendly. Um, and so even though it was Fennec, I believe, uh, the sharpshooter Fennec Shand, uh-huh. who, who said, you know, like, are you kidding me? Uh, but even still to her, these, a lot of these people n- don't know about the Jedi. I've only heard about them. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily this, the good guys. It's like sure. some sort of sorcery and, you know, exactly. like, and so, yeah. So I, I buy that reaction, even it though he sense. did kind of help them out quite a bit. Um, <laughs> you got no.
0: pretty lucky with those dark troopers. So, um, yeah. So I had a bunch of questions. Like you said, like you, obviously you know, the lore, I don't know any of the lore. Um, the, that, that whole dark, um, dark saber sword thing. Yeah. Is that like, has that been established before yeah. or is that? Okay. Yeah.
1: So in, in rebels, um, so I've watched all of rebels. So there's two animated series, clone wars and rebels. I've tried clone wars and people keep telling me, obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So people keep telling me like you've got to watch clone wars. There's so many episodes. So, you know, 22 to 24 episodes in a season. And I don't know how many seasons there are, but there's so many and they're so bad at mm-hmm. the start. And people are saying like, like, yeah, you're gonna have to work through like several dozen awful episodes before it gets good, and I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time. Um, but that's where Ahsoka is first introduced. Um, I'm also not. I don't love living in the prequel universe at all. Uh, I don't enjoy the prequels very much. I mean, there's moments I enjoy, but the, overall, I, I believe the movies are bad unequivocally. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm just not into that. But
0: what about uh, what about the scene where Yoda fights Doku? <laughs> Yeah. That's the one. Enough. The
1: one great moment. You know what's funny? Yeah. When oh, my theater cheered. Everyone was thrilled oh, when yeah. it I, I mean, oh, whatever. One hundred we- percent. We watch my it now, faith. and I'm like, I can't. But what monsters we were for applauding this decision. Well, do
0: you remember? <laughs> do you remember they actually tweaked the uh, the commercials, the uh, marketing? Oh yeah. They showed they showed the Baby Yoda <laughs> backflipping, or not Baby Yoda, the actual Yoda, sword fighting with do- with Dooku in the. Uh, in the commercials, after
1: the fact, so, so. ridiculous. Anyway, the um, so anyway, my, my my point being, Clone Wars, and then there's Rebels, which takes place, you know, within the the years leading up to uh, A New Hope. So like, maybe a few years before A New Hope. I mean, it's or it's like a year before A New Hope. It's like right when the rebellion is really forming, and there's a whole arc there about a character that's a Mandalorian um and the whole dark saber bo katan is introduced in that she might have been Mm, in the clone wars i don't know but the dark saber was given to bo katan which is kind of funny she didn't win in a fight so when they bring it up in this one where it's like i have to defeat the person i was like "Mm, you've taken the you've taken it before from someone so like i don't know why you're putting your foot down now on the rules (laughs) because in rebels you were happy to take it and be the leader of mandalore um but uh, anyway, so there's a lot of a lot of Mandalore stuff in Rebels, a lot of it in in Clone Wars, from what I understand. But uh, I'm only familiar with what's in Rebels, which is a great show. Um, and so yeah, so Dark Saber stuff's in there, so that it does have meaning. And um, I don't know what they're gonna do with that, by the way. Like Mandal, like I love the Mandalorian, I love following his exploits in the galaxy. Don't know if he's fit to be the leader of a planet and a people. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. I mean, he barely I, could handle one.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could barely handle And himself. even
1: then, it got away from him, right? So he's not great.
0: <laughs> sure. Um, question. Why do they keep um, the the prisoner? What was his Moff name? Moff Gideon. Uh, yes. Moff Gideon, right?
1: <sighs> yeah. You're talking about uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character? Yes. Yes, that's the one. That's yeah, the let's one. talk about Moff Gideon for a second here. I love Giancarlo Esposito. And I I, I imagine for him, in the wake of his success, you know, he's a working actor and a a bit of a thespian. He's been in lots of plays, incredibly talented. You know, the first real success on a global scale, of course, with Breaking Bad, uh, playing Gus Fring. All I'm sure his agent just got nonstop scripts for playing the bad guy. I mean, he did it in The Boys uh, on Amazon Prime. And then, I mean, it's Star Wars, Mandalorian. Like, kudos to him for, you know, leaning into that uh character type however i i'm struggling to point out what makes moffy gideon all that unique from any other non-force wielding empire baddie uh, other than having the darksaber like i just don't know that we've really fully formed a bad guy here that's interesting or that we understand anything about like i don't i love his acting he does great it's no disrespect to him it's the material and so they kept him alive which is good because maybe they can actually do something with him but up to this point i'm a little bit i don't know there's something i'm just wanting something more
0: i think you're totally right on that and i hadn't even really considered it but you're, you're absolutely right and i think that's the probably the one big flaw of this second season um we obviously he's looming over every decision. Mm-hmm. He's he's pursuing the child uh, or Grogu, and um, we understand that he's bad, uh, and he's really supposed to be scary. But what makes him unique? Yeah. Um. And there's a much so.
1: Yeah. I'm so he he did an interview recently saying that he's going to be, uh, much more heavily featured in season three. Oh, okay. Good. So that's good. He was you know obviously he was barely in season one. A lot more in this season, but still not enough to actually have an arc or, or for us to really learn anything about him. You know, it's unique. And then, um, yeah, apparently he's going to be in season three a lot more, which is great. Now, what season three is, is the question. Uh, so this was Baby Yoda's exit or, or pause or temporary leave of mm-hmm. absence, a hiatus from the show, whatever you want to call it. We obviously know that we're going to see him again at some point. This was love- his exit. Yoda exit. His exit. <laughs> this was him piecing out from the EU. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the Jedi Academy, guys. Peace. Um, <laughs> the
0: EU, the expanded universe. The expanded
1: <laughs> going to the expanded universe with post-Return of the Jedi, Luke, where he's lived all this time. Um, yeah, I, so I love the guts of this decision. I, I, I'll tell you, Aaron, I was nervous that... Baby Yoda's popularity was so sky high and quite literally a driver of viewers to Disney Plus, people that otherwise Mm -hmm. did not watch Star Wars. You know, Baby Yoda was bringing people in. I don't know the last time that there was a single character that brought in non-Star Wars people into the fold as much as I don't know if there's ever been one like Baby Yoda. Uh, Not to mention the people that don't know anything about Star Wars, never even watched The Mandalorian, still know who Baby Yoda is. He is very Mm -hmm. much a part of the zeitgeist uh part of the cultural conversation pop culture conversation and he's very present so uh, not to mention the crazy amount of merch everywhere (laughs) i look so end of season two they do something again i don't want to say a sunset on his character because i know we're going to see him again but this was an exit this was a goodbye this was a we're not going to see him next season at least at the start Uh, I love that decision assuming that they actually stick with him being gone for a while I will miss him to be clear I love Baby Yoda (laughs) I mean I have the replica built by the people on the production of the Mandalorian a replica of him to build the specifications literally here in my office so a big fan Um, but are we going to see Baby Yoda again Aaron And, and like when do you suspect he will reappear
0: yeah, I think we're going to see plenty of them actually in uh, season three. I think oh, he's going to
1: be—you think he'll be right it's back? Parallel right? action,
0: I think. Par- season like three episode is one,
1: be a, uh, he's back. Yeah,
0: I, and I think I think season four is going to be the reu- uh, reunion of Mando and the newly empowered, newly trained Baby
1: Yoda. Oh, so I don't know how. Wait, season three or four?
0: I think the end of season three to, into four. I think that's so. But I think that's how three culminates. Basically, they get okay. back together.
1: So won't, we won't see Baby Yoda till the end.
0: Uh, so I think we're going to get some cross cutting editing. Oh. We're going to get some parallel editing, editing, and we're going to see th- the evolution, the training of baby Yoda, not necessarily with Luke, yeah. but on, in the temple or whatever they're going to call it. Um, that
1: would be, that would shock me if they did that.
0: I, I think we're going to see some of that. That's, that's my prediction right now.
1: Interesting. So. Cause they would, I mean, yeah. then you're going to see a lot of Jedi stuff. I and think this so. has kind of been I unique a feeling. for its lack of force Jedi stuff, right? They sprinkle it in, but mm-hmm. that's. What honestly, one of the great things about Mandalorian, even yeah. though I love Jedi, is that it, this is not a story about that. So I would be surprised if they did that. But yeah, but I look, think I am
0: going to call it right now. We're going to get a full episode of Baby Yoda training mm. at the academy or whatever doing the, do the
1: back. Like, gonna look, look we're going to need you to do. There is yep. precedent here. We got to yep. get you doing backflips. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there is a bunch of trampolines, he's, gymnasts. Exactly. They're getting gonna him to do backflips.
0: He's going to go to Dagobah.
1: They're like, they're like you don't understand. People are going to love this. <laughs> Oh,
0: he's gonna eat a Butterfinger candy bar again. Well, I <laughs> like the original, <laughs> like his his father, adult Yoda. Oh,
1: there's a there, dude. There's been so many great Mandalorian memes, uh, in the wake of this episode. Uh, I they just cracked me up, but one of them is, um, Luke, it's a you know just like a frame by frame. I wish I could pull it up. I'm gonna butcher explaining it, but basically he comes in saying he's looking for someone, and then Baby Yoda like peeks behind the chair and he's like looking for someone. Someone you have found, you know, like the the line from Empire, <laughs> and it goes to Luke. And he's like, oh, not this crap again. You know? <laughs> awesome,
0: that's so oh, funny. Really good meme. There's
1: so m- I I recommend everyone going to uh, Reddit.com r/slash uh, Mandalorian the memes. There are so many good ones related to this episode, like truly funny stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was dying laughing at some of the stuff people were coming up <laughs> with. I even, I even contributed a couple of my own.
0: Oh, very nice. That did Do you, have, you know, Can you okay. pull one up, please?
1: They did okay. Uh, I didn't upload them in, but uh, oh, okay. Plus, yeah, most of these people listen on audio. Uh, just find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I want to hit on a, a handful of other things before we uh, end this episode. We're let's see. here Oh yeah, I will say there was a moment this is before the luke stuff uh as they the main crew here of the of mando cara dune fennec shand and then bo katan and i've i i can not remember the friend uh, her uh, friend's name that's also mandalorian um they are after they land the shuttle in there and they're just like charging through the ship wrecking stormtroopers left and right it was such a cool, it was so cool to see these characters that all have unique ability, you know, Kara doing her brute strength, you know, she's a shock trooper or whatever, drop trooper or something like that. Fennec Shand is like this crazy good sharpshooter and you're seeing that on display. The Mandalorians are running around doing all the Mando things and I'm like, this is awesome. These, like I, Each one of these characters I genuinely enjoy for, you know, specific reasons and their skill sets and they've, you know there's, um, enough of a history a little bit with each one of them that you get, like what each brings to the table. And it was like really, really cool to see them working together and just like, you know, just again, wrecking these stormtroopers. Uh, and then it dawned on me, I was like for a moment, like, Oh, these are all women, strong women characters, which is really cool to see, you know, but like it was awesome that I also wasn't even thinking about it. Like it hadn't even occurred to me. It was just like this organic, natural, you know, like, and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. It's like, this absolutely makes sense. There's, you know, this isn't, it didn't feel like tokenism or anything like that. It was like, you know, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I compared that immediately in my mind to the Avengers Age of Ultron <laughs> or Endgame, excuse me. Endgame. Endgame. Yes. Okay. Endgame. And look, I don't want to be one of those crazy, you know, white males that complains about any, like, you know, strong female leads because I'm not that, to be clear. I am not a proud boy. I'm not proud at all to be a boy. Um, <laughs> no, but like that moment, you know, no matter who, there's a level of, of like uh, a little bit of eye rolly, you know, the moment on the I battlefield. Mean, I would say a
0: lot. I would say a lot of, of okay, eye rolling in okay. Avengers the Avengers
1: The fate of the universe and all of their friends' lives are at stake. There's this massive battlefield in Endgame with all these different forces, alien forces and this enormous Thanos guy who's all powerful. All this stuff going on and there's this moment where they get all together you know <laughs> which i just can't help but think every time i think about it i think about the logistics of getting for that sh- like literally in the middle of battle someone had to be like pepper pepper pots mm-hmm. captain marvel we need wasp sweet. we're sweet doing sweet. a thing come on they're like i'm fighting like no no no, come we need up we need we're waiting on pepper hold on just give me a second wait up, a- pepper get over here we're doing a thing and then we're all going to be you know it's just like that's not I'm sorry, but organically that doesn't happen when you're fighting for your life, you know, just like, and so even though I appreciate the sentiment behind what they were doing and what they were like, what they were communicating was a good thing, but they did in a way that was so ham-fisted that sometimes it can be counterproductive. So for that moment, again, I don't want to make too big of a deal of this. I'm already sounding like this, you know, jaded white male. Well, I think Uh, it's,
0: it's just, I mean, it's just honest to um, acknowledge it uh, because it is like obviously the MCU stuff was garbage and I, I'm not a fan of that yeah. stuff. And especially that moment is just very right. contrived and and it's so ha- ham fisted, like you said. But this this um this entire episode really is uh about female empowerment. Like this is these are women that are as strong as the men, um, and they're they're saving the day. And it's not because they're women necessarily, and it's not because we need to shine on them because we need to feature them because they're women. It's just they are who they are. Yep. And they are every bit as good as the Mandalorian, uh, the Mando um, or Boba Fett. It's just like these are their equals. That's the whole point of this thing, right, is they are the equal to the male characters. So and I think that's why it just it seems rings more true. It's just like they're equal to each other. This is the equivalent. So yep. it's a great moment, I think. Um, It's uh, all any of the those action sequences when it's, you know, driven by female characters. It feels legitimate. It does not feel like they're cheating at all. Um, because they laid out this long track of yeah. these powerful women throughout the entire season. Yes. And two seasons with uh, some one of the other. They spent the time
1: developing remember. these great characters, like, exactly, like as exactly. they should. And we need more of those great characters. That representation is right. very important, right? That's, and that, it culminated in a moment yeah. where I wasn't even considering it. It was like all, like it was, you know, it made sense and it was awesome. And these characters are great. Right.
0: And exactly. And that's the payoff. When you put in the time, when you make an honest effort, and when you have competent people handling these um, these complex problems, the payoff feels earned and it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like a stunt. Yeah. Nothing about the moment when all, all the women are fighting in this, uh, this last episode felt like a stunt. It does yeah. not, it doesn't feel like they're posing like in the Marvel, the, uh, the Avengers, that garbage, uh, moments when they're fighting Thanos, that was so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, tough, real tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very, 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 very poorly handled. Um, so, yeah, contrasted with uh, the expertly um, handled yeah. moments in The Mandalorian, and it's just laughable. So,
1: And it sounds like we're going to get uh, some of these characters in these offshoot series that were announced uh, mm-hmm. at the Disney Investor Call a couple weeks ago. Cara Dune, I believe, is going to be in Rangers of the New Republic. Um, there's not a ton of details about what exactly and who exactly is going to be involved in that. But I'm really excited to see them get even more dedicated time for sure. those characters because uh, so far I've, I've enjoyed them immensely. Um, now, speaking of new shows, and this will be the last thing we hit on here, did you watch the end credits scene?
0: I sure did. Okay. I sure did. I was actually, I don't, I never watched through the end of anything, basically, but uh, I saw that uh, our buddy B. Mort said, mm. stay to the end. And yeah. so I did. And uh, we get that fun little moment with get Boba fun Fett. moment.
1: Yeah. And then, but the, the, the big thing is the announcement of the Book of Boba mm-hmm. Fett coming December yep. of next year. So before the finale from the Disney investor call, we, you know, they had announced all these new shows. But still, the next one that was going to air was season three of The Mandalorian next December, 2021. And then we wouldn't get the next Obi-Wan or Andor series until into 2022. Now we know in December we're getting two shows, Mandalorian season three and the book of Boba Fett, which is obviously going to feature Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. And who knows what on um, Jabba's palace. Uh, but I'm oh, thrilled. Yeah. I'm excited. Boba's I'm, palace. I'm in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not Jabba's palace any longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's I hope he runs that place a little bit more
0: ethically, morally. Um
1: <laughs> can we get can we get fewer slaves? Yeah, can we do is that. Is there anything we can do about that? What if that? It, what if Boba Fett starts and he just falls in maybe some of the same habits of old Jabba? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like ooh. <laughs> ooh. He gets another rancor in there. <laughs> oh no. Let's not let's not see that happening again. I would love a show about breeding rancors. That's all it is. It's just <laughs> a black market of selling the baby rancors. Um No, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm I'm excited. Um,
0: yeah, so do we know anything about it other than no. the title? And Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, because right. they, they they saved announcing that right yeah. for this, which was cool. So I imagine we're going to get a press release sometime soon, and maybe that's what Favreau will talk about you know, in his media uh, exp- appearances that he has scheduled this next week. So I, I'm One assuming morning, we're going to learn a lot more here pretty soon. I will yeah. say a lot of people were confused. I've heard from multiple people who thought the Book of Boba Fett was going to be season three of The Mandalorian. That this was like an ending of the Mandalorian character, basically, you know. Um, yeah. And that season three now is the Book of Boba Fett. And I'm like, no, that's not, it's pretty, at least to me, it was clear uh, that is not uh, the case. I mean, we know from the announcements that they are still two separate things. But but it did, I mean, it led to confusion. So hopefully they they clarify that and give us a little bit more uh, information on what the yeah. uh, Book of Boba Fett's going to be about. And who's going to run it? Who's the showrunner? Oh, yeah.
0: I know. So many questions. So much possibility. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time, I think. Um, totally. Now that they've pivoted away from the movies... Let's get into TV. That's where the fun stuff
1: happens. They did so. announce two movies, like we talked about last week, but I no, we which uh, kind of surprised me because at this point, it's I'm almost not kind of like—acknowledge like, those. Are there going to be theaters? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, exactly. It's like you know what? Like I, I'm so I'm thrilled with Patty Jenkins doing Rogue Squadron, but like maybe let's have Patty Jenkins do two, ten episodes of Rogue Squadron. Yes. You
0: know, like let's exactly
1: let's just lean into it. But you know,
0: you let's know. give Taika a TV show Star Wars related.
1: Yeah. I I love how Tyka went from LOLing the idea of working in the Star Wars universe. The, uh, was was right around when, uh, solo, uh, production had its, uh, issues and Mm -hmm. Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired. And someone tweeted at Tyka, being like, would would you ever direct a Star Wars movie? And he wrote, LOL, no, I like to finish directing my movies or my films or something to that effect. And, uh. I'm, sure, I'm assuming he got his hand slapped uh, because he was, you know, part of the Disney family given, you know, his work on Thor. And now he's exactly. making a movie. So, uh, just hilarious. Is,
0: um, has he gone back and deleted that tweet?
1: No, no. Tyka okay. no. is, a, much like the, our current president of the United States, he does not delete past tweets. Which, I, <laughs> even if I disagree with the tweets, I respect not deleting them. I, oh, I yeah, respect that... being so wrong and mm-hmm. proved entirely incorrect. And choosing not to go back and delete your bad take
0: <laughs> when when you are the true um, powerful poster that our president is, or someone like Taika mm-hmm. Waititi, mm-hmm. you don't go back and delete your stuff.
1: Like, you do you not. Do are,
0: you have too much power.
1: What well, it doesn't matter anyway. It's, deleting it doesn't yeah. make it go away. I delete my tweets, tweets that were never <laughs> read by anyone to begin with, right? And it's like you know, if a tree falls in the forest, you know, type of thing. <laughs> did it really fall? So that that's effective. My Senate no, career can be salvaged. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, all right. I think that's it. We're coming up on an hour here. Uh, any other last thoughts on Mando season finale and Mando movie? I
0: mean, forward? I just like to hear your predictions for season three. Like, just just fire off the hip. Let's see what you got. Give me something wild. I
1: know. I know that you're probably right about Baby Yoda. That he, like, we will see him again in season three. But I'm, I'm going to predict that we won't. We will okay. see him again, season four, whatever it might be. But I, I'm. I want to believe that they will have the storytelling strength to actually retire him for a season. let let us really miss him. So when he comes back, it's all the more powerful. Um, right. and he'll be all the more powerful. And so uh, I, I hope that they can introduce, you know, New characters, new storylines. I hope we don't get into some sort of political drama where Mando's like, I don't want to lead this Mandalorian thing. And they're like, you have to. You got the Dark Saber. He's like, anyone take this thing, please. Mm-hmm. You know? And Gideon's like, I'll take it back if you're not, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I I hope... I don't want to see him go to Mandalore again. I don't think he's a, a leader. So, but I don't know. It seems like that's what they're setting up for season three. But they really have to reset the the you know the, the board here. Like, what what's going to happen right um, exactly he's not going to go yes. back to doing just so, the low level you know hunting jobs so i don't know
0: yeah i think those days are probably over yeah. um which makes sense because you know he delivered the package yep so so he's no longer um going on those p- specific types of journey now my question to you is like if you had to make a call right now mm-hmm. how many seasons does mando go like total Ooh, that's tough, though, man, because
1: right now the success of it, right? History shows us if you're if you're a huge success, you're going to go for as long as you're making money. Now, obviously, there have been Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men. Some of these other shows who have been widely successful have shown that you, know, you can finish an arc in the appropriate number of seasons. But, like, I don't know, man. I think that they're going to keep making Mandal- Mandalorian uh, for as long as there's interest, even though there's tons of other shows. So, so you're wondering how many seasons it, that the Mandalorian show will go until it's totally done?
0: Until it's gone, until ah. we we get the end of it. Seven. Okay. Yeah, my initial thought was six. Like I, yeah. I had this number in my head. Oh, of that's six probably seasons. actually
1: you know that's I like that. It's three trilogies. Uh, oh, you know that's what I mean? Good. A little like numerology that. on yeah, something about that. The the three uh. extra or whatever you know that's there, there's some history of that in Star Wars. So right. six feels right. Yeah.
0: And if you do that, um, the three act structure, I think you can double it. Basically, S- uh, season one, season two is the first act. Mm. What season two and or three and four oh. could be the second act. There you go. Five and six is the final act.
1: Yeah, so. I like that. I like that. Oh yeah, because this nice really wasn't ending. Number. This was an so, ending of an act. I mean, it felt yes. that way, right? Oh, so absolutely, there's, there's some sort of reset that's gonna have to happen. Mm-hmm. So let's, and that's a challenge. And I love that. I love that they've given themselves that challenge. Let's see if they can, you know. They've proven that they can do something really miraculous here, so let's let's see what they can do. Bring Bill Burr back. That's what I want.
0: Oh man, I can't. He's coming back. My oh, we're going we to see. do next season. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Burr. Like he needs his own show.
1: I love how he told people he wasn't in season two because you know he does all <laughs> these podcasts with comedy friends and and everyone always wants to talk man you know Mandalorian and Star Wars you know and he's like I'm not in yeah that was it I'm not in season two he gets a whole episode to dedicate to <laughs> his character great one of the
0: best episodes yeah i know it was incredible it was so good
1: <laughs> oh i wonder how he gets off that planet but without a ship by the way that's what i want to see oh
0: gosh see this is what i'm talking about we need that we need yeah, that spell. just
1: pick up right where where he left. he's walking in the jungle being like, okay what's next <laughs> you mm-hmm. know he hot wires
0: he's, he starts a comedy club in that village
1: oh dude that'd be amazing he tours around the different you know <laughs>
0: He makes the first interstellar podcast. The
1: indigenous he just he just gets yeah, all the, the indigenous peoples of the, of those planets, he just figures out what really, you know what makes them, you know, laugh and just yes, gets exactly. a solid thirty minute set, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's doing crowd work with those uh people that can't even feed themselves in that village. Crowd work just with roasting the
1: roasting 'em with through trying to get the <laughs> <laughs> What's you know what's funny? Is I would love that of course (laughs) love that show will we Uh, ever get a Star Wars themed comedy well yeah I mean look they're making all these shows they can do anything now cross genres go for it
0: yeah anyway I want to see it give me some genre stuff
1: All right, Aaron thanks for talking I needed to talk through this we weren't necessarily going to be doing a finale episode but how could after Luke Skywalker comes back how can you not talk about it
0: absolutely agree
1: now let's that's it we don't need any more Luke's done He's done. <laughs> I think Luke is. We've done. retired in. I think he is. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Aaron. And uh, may the force be with you.
0: Peep, <laughs> <laughs> peep, peep, peep. That's my heart to you, too. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts.